everyone, and welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Justine. And I'm Ashley. Oh, you're doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say my name. That's like not weird. Ashley. Oh, yeah, Ashley. <laughs> What's up? The cutesy. Ah, it's me. Oh, that's my thing. That's my gimmick. <laughs> that is your gimmick. I'm more just like hockey. Bullshit. Cut a bitch. Fuck you. <laughs> This is our branding. <laughs> Motherfucker. Yeah, welcome everyone to our <laughs> podcast if you're still here a minute in. We're watching romantic comedies in chronological order and talking about them like the film students we are. Because you never stop learning. No. Mm. No. <laughs> oh. No. <laughs> no. Did I just come up with a new slogan? Ah, you did. Five seasons in, we're starting to get it together. <laughs> what is branding? What even is? What what life? <laughs> well, today we uh we, we we're coming into this hot because we just watched 2004's Along Came Polly. Ooh. <laughs> which was a movie. Yes. It you know it that's was. how you would categorize it as it was a movie. <laughs> It was committed to film. Yep, people wrote it and, you know, acted. They showed up. They they were there. More on that later. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, this movie uh, had a description on IMDb that I find insulting. <laughs> as usual. As usual. But this was, this was, like, particularly, like, why? But, like, what? What's that description? That should be another brand. That's a segment. What's that description? <laughs> Jimmy, make this a game show. <laughs> Jimmy, come on down. Well, the description. The description is a buttoned up newlywed finds his too organized life falling into chaos when he falls in love with an old classmate. That's not that's not right. That's so, like what? Okay. It should be like buttoned up newlywed meets somebody and has to poop a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is this movie about me? <laughs> After his marriage falls apart on his honeymoon, a man tries to pick up the pieces in New York City. After run- or no, a man tries and puts to- them in his mouth and puts them. Yeah, and puts them in his mouth. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a man falls in love with or runs into an old classmate at an art gallery and the two hit it off. It doesn't even have to be that they fall in love. It's just that they 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 start a relationship together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like it needs to be established that his marriage fell apart. Right, yeah. I read this <laughs> and I was like, he's a cheater. Yeah, yeah. That's what I got from it. No, he yeah. did not cheat. She did with Oof. Hank Azaria. Naked, accented Hank Azaria. Who has kind eyes. He's still, like, you can't not love Hank Azaria, you know? Uh, at least he was playing a Frenchman this yes, time. Yes, yes. That's true. At least he wasn't being outright offensive. Right. Anyway, this movie stars Ben Stiller, who we previously saw in Reality Bites and There's Something About Mary, Jennifer Aniston, and the incomparable Philip Seymour Hoffman, who we previously saw in Punk Drunk Love. And this man can do anything. You said punk. Whatever. That's what that movie is to me. <laughs> Punch drunk love. It's punk. It's a stupid punk. You're like, funk drunk. <laughs> like, fuck off, drunk love. <laughs> but he was great in that, and he was something in this. He yes. can just do anything. Like, he was really good at being a bad actor. 
Yeah, and this was the year before Capote. <laughs> oh my god, it was. <laughs> oh man, the the I world know. lost something in him. He's he's one of your true faves. He is. He really is. He was so good. Oh, I'm gonna go watch Patch Adams and cry. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sounds like your normal Saturday. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> the movie was directed by John Hamburg. And was edited by William Carr and Nick Moore. Nick Moore previously edited Notting Hill, About a Boy, and Love Actually. Yeah, Nick Moore. As soon as I copied that name down, I was like, there's a familiar. Because he won like our, our award yeah. at our on our anniversary episode. Go Nick. Um, and we had an amazing assistant editor team who all sound like superheroes again. Yeah, internationally renowned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, kicking it off with the first assistant editor was Clark Campbell. Ooh. Right, right, right. Go, Clark. Uh, followed up by assistant editor Peggy Agblin. Agbalian. Agbalian. See, That's there's there's extra vowels there. There's a couple extra letters. There's, there's some letters. Uh, also followed up with assistant editor Alana Joy Lev- Leven Lassim. L- Livne Lassem. I would say that, yeah. Livnen, Livnen. Um, I'm a terrible American. I come from the Midwest. They don't teach you how to say foreign names. I'm really sorry. Well, somebody, I know we pronounce somebody's name wrong. Yes. And somebody tweeted at us and told us how to pronounce it correctly. So there's yeah. that. Please do that. Help me out. Help a, help a girl out. Uh, also, assistant editor David Raymond. And our uncredited assistant editor was Abdul Franklin. And, but wait, there's more. Oh, there's more. <laughs> um, we also had an associate editor. Her name was Laura Yanovich, who we previously saw her work as a first assistant editor in Never Been Kissed. And we had an apprentice editor who we, we need more of, guys. Yeah. We, we have, there needs to be like a push. We need more. Uh, we yeah, need, tell, well, tell yeah. the unions or we are we are we're trying (laughs) trying oliver struley was our apprentice editor and our editorial assistant who would now be called a post pa was ali garrett cool did i get all the letters in that one okay yeah you did okay a lot of names a lot of letters a lot of names a lot of letters Big departments are good. That means that the post staff is getting all the support that they need. Totally. Um, the movie is an hour and 30 minutes long. It's rated PG-13 for sexual content, language, crude humor, and some drug references. I missed the drug references. Yeah, I didn't. I don't recall drug references. Me either. Um, it has a 5.9 out of 10 IMDb rating and a 44 Metascore. And onward to the awards. Awards. At the 2004 MTV Movie and TV Awards, the movie was nominated for Best Dance Sequence for Ben Stiller and Jennifer Aniston for the Hot Salsa Dance. Okay. <laughs> At the 2005 Razzie Awards, it was nominated for Worst Actor for Ben Stiller, for Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, Dodgeball, A True Underdog Story, Envy, and Starsky and Hutch, and this movie. He was in so many movies in 2004. He was. What? Wow. <laughs> I still love Dodgeball. I will. Yeah. I think I will always love Dodgeball because I, I don't know. There's something about Pirate Steve that just makes me happy. 
because it was was it shortly after Firefly got canceled? Oh, how did you get to bring that up? I know. So you just you get the happy like wash feels from Pirate Steve because he's so innocent and he's <sighs> just adorable. And Ben Stiller plays a really good bad guy, I think, in that movie. Yeah, we'll talk about Ben Stiller's acting also in a moment. Yes. But anyway, carry on. Onward with the awards. At the 2004 Teen Choice Awards, this was nominated for a Teen Choice Award in Choice Movie Date Movie, <laughs> Choice Movie Hissy Fit for Ben Stiller, and Choice Movie Blush for Ben Stiller. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That was a thing. That was a thing. Okay, so about this movie, I feel like we've already hinted at our feels already. I had texted you. uh, What did I text you? I said, you could watch this movie with your eyes closed. You could. (laughs) I timed it. You know how this movie is exactly going to be in the first two minutes of the movie. Mm -hmm, Pretty much. And that's it. There's nothing surprising. As we said, it is a movie. (laughs) I feel like I've already started to forget it. Like, that's kind of a bad sign. There's really... I don't know if there's anything special about this movie. Uh, About halfway through, I turned to Sam and I said, this is a worse version of Ben Stiller's Walter Mitty. Oh, right. Yeah. Walter Mitty. Walter Walter Mitty is an amazing movie and an amazing performance by Ben Stiller. Yeah. 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 I really like Ben Stiller when he's serious. Yeah. Yeah. He's really good in Walter Mitty. I love that movie and the imagery that and he directed that. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, I want to watch Walter Mitty instead of this movie. (laughs) If anything, this movie will make you think of better movies. Yeah. It's the same themes with way better storytelling to get you to feel those themes yeah this movie had no feelings (laughs) just like me it was almost like when you kind of forget how to be funny that's what i was feeling from this i was like everybody's you know doing their their thing really the only one that i'm connecting with is philip seymour hoffman and i think that's because He's really committed to being this really terrible actor like character. Mm-hmm. And everybody else is just going along with the motions instead of actually like, oh no, this is who I am. Like, I didn't get any of that depth except mm-hmm. for Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, Ben Stiller's playing more of like a caricature of a rom com guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's like you know exactly what choices he's going to make it's like you said it's kind of forgettable but i mean i wouldn't call the movie bad no it's not horrible and i'm not saying that oh i'll like i'll keep it on in the background because there are like moments that i really like like i really liked philip seymour hoffman at the end with his like speech about how we need to ensure this man i just i don't know why and i really like philip seymour hoffman doing jesus christ superstar that was good too (laughs) I love it. I love Jesus Christ Superstar. So like, I can't believe they had like all the music to it. I was jamming out. I'm like, yes. Sorry. <laughs> yes. But I really, I liked the the end with him yelling at these guys because it was a reference to Glenn Gary, Glenn Gary Ross. And you had Alec Baldwin at the end being yelled at, which I thought was hilarious. There we go. <laughs> oh, speaking of someone playing just a caricature, Alec Baldwin. Who sounded like Trump. <laughs> I feel like. He's like, oh, it's my SNL friends. I'm just going to show up and play a character, you know. Again, not someone real. He's just like old 
uncomfortable Jewish guy. Not uncomfortable, but you would be uncomfortable around him. Mm -hmm. Like just old, inappropriate Jewish guy. Good things. Good things. (laughs) (laughs) The movie isn't like an extreme. There's something about Mary. Yeah. Where that had like extreme characters, but it also had like this sort of heightened reality to it. It was very like a dull version of that. Mm -hmm. Like the world was just, it was just rom-com basic. Yeah. It's like they got the basic pack. Yeah. With their Pokemon cards. They didn't upgrade or whatever you would say. They didn't evolve their Pokemon. Right. Yeah. So the movie is missing a little evolution. Like I've already talked about how I like Dodgeball. I think Dodgeball is a fun movie. And that's funny to me because the characters really commit to who Mm -hmm. they're supposed to be. And even Ben, I know Ben Stiller can commit to a character. I mean, you have Tropic Thunder and you have Dodgeball where he's just these extreme, ridiculous Mm -hmm. things. And before this, he did Zoolander. Yeah. He did Heavyweights. Yeah. I mean, like, he's done it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to say that this movie was just done to be done. To complete a contract. Yeah. Yeah. Something like, it was just like, okay... I have to finish. I have to do another rom com to complete this, and then I could go off and I can do these more fun things, or or mm-hmm. I can actually start getting into direct. Because this is around the same time that Ben Stiller started to trans- transition into more serious roles. Right. Yeah. The director also wrote it. It may have been a passion project from him. He did. I love you, man. Which I love you, man, is great too. So yeah, he's gone on and he's directed things, but I think like this was early on in his directing career. I think this was his first kind of big feature. And then, you know, after that, he did a couple of things and he did I Love You, Man. And he did a couple, you know, TV things. He's mostly a writer. Yeah, and I feel like he works with the same people. He's worked with Ben Stiller a few times, Zoolander 2 and Little Fockers. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like he has the capability to like write and direct good things. But maybe a studio didn't trust him with having like a first time big project. So they kind of like low budgeted him on this. I could see that. Just to like kind of prove that he could do it Mm -hmm. on a bigger scale. Yeah. And then he went on to do bigger, better things. He Mm -hmm. just had to get like this footing in, you know? Well, you can definitely see like where things evolved. Because you have Ben Stiller on the toilet and then the ferret comes in. And then in Little Fokker, or not Little Fokkers, Meet the Fokkers, you have Ben Stiller doing animal humor. So I can see I can see very similar themes throughout. But yeah, I just didn't, I didn't personally connect right. to this. And it's just like Ben Stiller, I feel like, is like getting at that age where... Or maybe I feel like at this time he's like, I don't know, should I play it serious? Should I play it funny? And maybe the director's like, let's play it funny, but you're a serious guy. Oh, so they're just like muddling the waters? Possibly. I don't know. I mean, there's so much that we could try and think about Mm -hmm. what happened, but we'll never know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not like that we need to know. It's it's always interesting when you see an actor where everything didn't line up. Yeah. and, And you know they're a good actor. So you're like... Well, wait, I connect with this person like regularly in other things. Why why am I not connecting to him here? Yeah, and so I think it was possibly just the director getting his footing or and then maybe some low budget support sort of thing. Yeah, I could see that. No. And but I mean they got like the the good team of editors on there, mm-hmm. so always bringing out the best. <laughs> 
but yeah, the movie in itself, it's okay. I feel like the female characters weren't written great. The entire time that Deborah Messig was on screen, I was just like, why is she act? Why is Grace so breathy? Like, when did this happen? And she doesn't talk at all. She's yeah. got like five lines. Yeah. <laughs> Just so weird. Whenever a movie comes along and they're like, this is the perfect woman. And it's always from the male's perspective. But like the woman, there's no personality. She doesn't speak. She doesn't, you know, say anything. I was like, well, what is it? She's, I, I get, what makes her perfect woman? Well, I think that's why there's this very strong feeling for not only young women to feel like they have to be seen and not heard, but for men to feel like women are supposed to be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, why? Why is this a thing? Oh, it's because the movies, she gets five lines and she has to stand there and look pretty. And I mean, even with Polly, we don't really even get to know much of her deal. We get like one line that is kind of her traumatic backstory. Mm-hmm. And the character, Ben Stiller's character is already in love with her before he even knows this, before he even knows anything about her. Mm-hmm. Well, he thinks he knows about her. He knows the basic of her. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just like this movie is just rom-com trope of man falls in love just for the basic blueprint of woman. He just wants to be married. Like, that's the whole thing. Yeah, I know people like that. And I feel like this movie could have addressed that more because, I don't know, that's a thing that I think should be talked about. Yes, but I can see that it wouldn't be a thing that would be talked about in 2004. Yeah. I remember the trailer for this when it came out. Mm -hmm. I remember it was really heavy on like the gross aspects. So watching the movie, I was very surprised that it wasn't more of that because the trailer is pretty much all like Ben Stiller being sweaty, Mm -hmm. sweaty on the toilet, running into sweaty guy and then like having to wrestle with the ferret, you know? Yeah. It's very like, hey, this is like there's something about Mary. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really not. (laughs) No, but it's trying to be. Yeah. It doesn't have that much gross out humor. It has like those two scenes in the whole movie. That's true. So you ready to get into this movie? We'll dissect it as fast as we can. Yes. Cool. I thought the movie had a very high quality opening. It did. (laughs) I was just like, ooh, shit, look at this. (laughs) Like, we've been watching, like, indie movies. Now we're watching a film. (laughs) We're watching a major motion picture. Exactly, with the universal opening. Da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da-da. jung jung yeah, we see a, a cutesy opening sequence of like wedding stuff. And, you, you know, a bit like da 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 da. You know, it's you're really like wedding, wedding day. It's Ruben's wedding day. Ruben Pfeffer? Pfeiffer? Pfeffer. Pfeffer? Pfeffer. Is Ben still. Oh, yeah, the weird names in this. Ruben Pfeffer, Polly Prince, and Sandy Lyle. I don't know. Immediately we see Philip Seymour Hoffman slipping, taking a hard fall. Oof. Pratt falls. That was a good acting. That was just yeah. great. That was a Ooh. good just fall. That was a great yeah. fall. He is presented as kind of like a schlubby best man, best friend, wingman. Yeah. He's like the hopeful idiot. Yeah. And also, like, he's got like this mullet through the whole movie because it's very, it's very Flock of Seagulls yeah. 80s hair. Yeah. Because he's, as we learn, is a child actor known for this one movie, which is a ripoff of The Breakfast Club. Yep. So he's forever living in that, like, 
era. So he's like looking, dressing 80s because in this time, in 2004, you know, they were kids then. Yeah. <laughs> so two minutes in, we learn that Ruben analyzes risk for a living. <laughs> There's your plot. Yep. <laughs> Sandy's a kid actor washed up. He asks Ruben if he's sure he wants to get married. So of course you know they're going to break up. Yeah, Ruben says, she's perfect. My life is going perfectly as planned. I set forth on this journey and I have completed my tasks and now I am gifted a woman. Philip Seymour Hoffman, could you join me on the Grand Boat Exposition? (laughs) The sail off, (laughs) the start of this movie. Excellent. Uh, Okay, so he gets married. Married, Mazel Alec Baldwin, as he says, plays his boss. He gives a speech, which is semi-inappropriate. And then instantly, we're honeymooning out at St. Bart's. We also learn, oh yeah, they met because Lisa, his bride, Deborah Messing, is a real estate agent. So like, that's how they met. He was apartment hunting and she was the agent. And so he got the apartment just to go on the date with her. Of course. So he's showing her house listings and she's just like, oh, no, that place is too much. And he's like, whoops, I bought it, baby. We got a house. Oh, my God. Which I'm like, isn't he supposed to not be sporadic? Yeah. This kind of like frustrated me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because he's already doing these things. They're not really risk things. They're just he's like housewoman baby. Like that's kind of going off of a checklist. But Mm -hmm. Also, it's super risky to buy a house, especially in New York. Well, it is 2004, so they fine. (laughs) No, the bubble is about to burst. They not fine. They don't know. But if he is a risk... Everything's going up right now. Well, yes, as a risk analyzer, he'd be like, hey, you see how everything has been like shooting up and like how this is all looking great? Normally when that happens... It kind of balances itself out yeah. by plummeting back down. He would know. His program would know. What's the deal? That's why this bothered me so much. I was just like, oh, no, this is 2000. No, no, no. <laughs> you've got two years before you dead. <laughs> <laughs> the apocalypse is about to hit. That reminds So, like, uh, I saw Hustlers this weekend. How was it? And it was okay. But, like, J-Lo was like, mm. <laughs> She's 50. She's beautiful. She's practically naked through the whole beginning. So you're just like, teach me how to pole dance. (laughs) That's my review. Um, (laughs) But it keeps, but it takes place, like it takes place like in 2003 and 2007, 2008. Mm -hmm. So they're like, that's what like bothered me about it because like we know the housing crisis is about to happen. So they're like, oh man, all these Wall Street guys keep coming to the strip club. I was just like, just get to it. We know that it's going to happen. Just get to it. But they're like, life is great. Let's party. We've got all this money. Let's spend, spend, spend buying purses. I was just like, oh dear God, just get to it. When things all fall apart, we know what happens. We lived it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like people forget that millennials are now of age, like to be adult critical. And Mm -hmm. the the housing crisis was traumatic for the entire millennial generation. Both my parents and my sister lost their jobs. (laughs) I just remember we had to move. Yeah, my mom moved out. That's what, yeah. Yeah. When I was 16, my mom had to move to a different state to find a job. Yeah, you're talking about like trauma, like. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, these people don't know it yet. I'm (laughs) sorry. 
Whew, I can't wait till we get to movies from <laughs> from, 2008. from 2006. 2008, yeah. Oh, God. The apocalypse. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah. So naked, accented Hank Azaria shows up. We do see his ass a lot. Is it his, though? I thought it was a body double for some reason. Probably a body double. But, you know, his pectorals look nice. His hair looks nice. His wig, his long flowing mm-hmm. hair. And he offers them scuba lessons. He's also his little glasses. I really liked his little like glasses situation. <laughs> the only thing he was wearing. Yeah. I like Hank Azaria. I know that that's a controversial statement, but I do like Hank Azaria. As a person, I don't think he's a horrible person. Yeah. He is not he's just... Louis C.K. No, yeah. Hank Azaria just wants to get paid. Yeah, really. That's all it is. And, you know, <laughs> snaps to you, bro. He <laughs> just like he gets on the phone <laughs> like hey we got a job for you and he's like okay what accent is this <laughs> what accent do you need me for today and he goes to his closet and like it's all just wigs yeah <laughs> just slips it on oh uh, okay ruben says oh lisa why don't you go on and do scuba lessons without me you know my tummy you know how my tummy is but you know he's gonna go back to their room and make it sexy for sexy time with a lobster a live lobster that lobster was freaking huge right <laughs> he wasn't scared of it too that was nice he should have been He's I like, would have I'm going to murder you and eat you later. <laughs> Let me prep you. <laughs> that lobster goddamn ran away. <laughs> Now's my chance. <laughs> it's like Sebastian Ver- V. Chef. <laughs> oh my god, yes. So he goes back to Cloud. Cloud? Cloud. Cloud. He is French. Boat. Uh, to find them banging. With fins on. Yep, they still have got their flippers, and uh, he catches them in the act. He runs out there, but then they follow, and Claude says, uh, you gotta accept life as a hippopotamus. He tells that story. I don't know what it means. It means be what you are, and you cannot help it. We fell in love right away, instantly. She will now stay with me. So Ruben goes back home. He takes all of his decorative pillows off of his bed and goes to sleep. When he goes to work, everybody knows. Because his mom called. And so he has a meeting with Stan, Alec Baldwin, in the bathroom. Stan tells him to check out a new client for life insurance. It's going to be a difficult one because this guy likes extreme sports. He goes home. He's watching his uh, wedding tape. And his friend Sandy visits and says, Hey, dude, now you're free to explore and have fun. So Sandy takes Ruben to an art show and Polly is there as a caterer and she recognizes Ruben and they talk, but Sandy sharded so they have to leave. Yeah, I didn't get like how that was a thing. They're like, we got to come up with a way for them to leave quickly. Oh, we'll just have Sandy shart. Wouldn't that be funny? It was not. The fact that he committed to it, though, that was he great. He did. He really did. He really did commit to the shart. Even the way that he was, wa- like, it was just, yep. like, damn, is there nothing? Like, you can't, you couldn't give anything to Philip Seymour Hoffman, and he would not make it great. Like, that, ugh, I'm sad. Beautiful. Oh. Next scene, Sandy and Ruben are playing basketball. It's like a walk and talk, but with basketball. Mm-hmm. Ruben's like, you know what? I'm going to ask Polly Prince out on a date. Again, taking a risk, asking someone out. Yeah. So far, the guy seems fine. He's not like neurotic 
at all. That's what it is. It's missing the, the neuroses of it. Mm-hmm. So Ruben wants to do it because he thinks that it is destiny. I can see maybe he's he's like, this is it. This is my chance. He's a bit clouded or... I feel like it's it's again the checklist thing. Like yeah. he's his checklist could come in any order. He was very much a man who could accept things in a different order than what he has anticipated. He wasn't trying he didn't ever really try to force anybody into his box. Like even when he was like evaluating the extreme sports guy, he wasn't trying to force him not to be who he was. Mhm. And I feel like somebody who is the character that we are led to believe that he is would. That's what this movie was missing. Yeah. Uh, so Ruben gets Polly's phone number, but he's too scared to call her. So he stalks her in- instead. <laughs> and she loses her keys. Yes. So he shows up at her place. He asks her to dinner. She says she's not sure. She's got to check her schedule. So later on, she calls him at work and says she's free tomorrow. And he's like, oh, should I uh, pick a restaurant? And then she's like, oh, I'm not sure. I'll have to check my schedule, see if I'm free. Which I feel like we never really got an answer to why that, why she acted like that. Yeah. I feel like that's a general consensus on her character. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I get it. She's supposed to be this free spirit, like Mm -hmm. complete freedom. Yeah. She doesn't plan ahead. Yeah. She hates planning. Yeah. But again, they seem so like they seem similar to me because they do have an idea of what they want out of life. Yeah. So, oh, Jesus Christ Superstar. We get to see Sandy as Judas in some little bit of rehearsals. And the guy oh. from Heroes. Yeah, you're right. As Jesus. As Jesus. I don't know why. Why Sandy was all about wanting to be Jesus as well, because Judas is the best part in that show. Just For the attention? Because everybody was fawning over Jesus? Yeah, but Judas is the best. I mean, don't say that that loud. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't I mean it in the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like saying, okay, it's literally in Hamilton mm-hmm. how Aaron Burr is the best character. Yeah. Because Hamilton's the same show as Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. Let's be real. (laughs) And I mean, Hamilton has a good thing, but oh my God, Aaron Burr has the best songs. Yes. Yes. That's all I'm saying. And and okay, and I'm not talking trash because Lynn has said that, oh, Hamilton is Jesus Christ Superstar, meets Les Mis, meets all these other things, you know. (laughs) Meets the Revolutionary War. Yep. (laughs) That's all. Okay. Okay. Well, and he's always said, he said that, yeah, he wanted to be Hamilton, but Burr is the best. He's yeah. he said, like, we're not being mean to Lin-Manuel Miranda. We no. are just recanting his own words. Just stating facts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anywho, that's for our uh, musical theater podcast. <laughs> How many podcasts do we have now? Too many. <laughs> Lego Batman. <laughs> contractual obligation right there (laughs) okay so uh he's hanging out with sandy ruben is so he's telling him that he's gonna be hanging out with polly polly picked the restaurant oh no what about your ibs you can't eat ethnic food ruben's like i'm sure it'll be fine and he's like okay but if you guys get busy here's my sex advice (laughs) spanker and say i'm your daddy 
The spanking is okay. The rest of yeah. it is not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> where the spanking is fine. The rest of what he says, do no, no. Young young men, young men who listen, <laughs> spanking is okay with consent. With consent. I mean, it's kind of implied if you're getting busy. I mean, you can you can just give a little tappity tap, test out yeah. the waters. And she says, oh, yeah, I like it. Then you can go. like Go to town. Yeah. <laughs> Most of us do. <laughs> just a bit. But not the I'm your daddy. Because no. he's like, that puts her in her place. I'm like, no, no. We want an equal, no relative playing field. <laughs> I mean, really, that would just make me cry. <laughs> uh, don't bring up Ashley's father issues in intimate moments. <laughs> Stop. Okay. Or just so any the- moments. Just, you know, just leave that there. Just leave, just it. leave it out. Yeah. Leave it out. <laughs> so we're at the uh, restaurant with uh, Ruben and Polly. It is Middle Eastern food, and he is sweaty AF. I don't think he would sweat that much. No, it was comedic sweat. <laughs> it looked like he was drowning. Yeah, like he just hopped out of a pool. Yeah. He lies and tells her that he's not married and she's like that's cool because i'm not down with commitment at all he really has to poop but he cannot because there's only one stall in the bathroom at the restaurant and there's already someone taking it for quote the rest of the night (laughs) so they go back to polly's place uh he meets her ferret uh but he does really need to shit And so he goes to her bathroom, which is awkwardly in close proximity to her, and bad things happen. Toilets overflow. He turns on the shower. He turns on the shower so she won't hear the the big explosion coming out of his butt. That doesn't work. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that does not work. You still hear... Okay, shower is like rain coming down. If you, you still hear... When a rock goes into a pool of water <laughs> with the loud thunk, you still hear it. I don't know who came up with this as like an option. Oh, if you want to like be coy and hide your shit, literally, you put it on the shower. That doesn't work. It's, well, it's normally you run the sink, you run the tap water. That this still doesn't movie. work. It's supposed to be like, you hear me? I'm peeing. <laughs> it's a really long pee. That's a waste of water. Yeah. Yeah, we're in a drought, Ben Stiller. (laughs) As a Californian, I reject this premise. So, and then the ferret comes in. Yeah, the whole thing. And then he runs out of toilet paper. He wipes his butt with an embroidered hand towel. He tries to flush it. Girl. Why? Why? Do you not know? No. If you need toilet paper, you ask for the toilet paper. Yeah, and there's no, like, tissues in there? Whatever. Okay, so all that happens, and then, so he's making such a commotion in there, she pops in and finds him in a compromising position, you know. Using her loofah as a plunger to extract the towel. Yeah. End comedic moment. (laughs) Ruben goes to LA to talk to the client who jumps off a building because he likes base jumping. The next date with Polly, Ruben's parents show up in the whole city of New York at the same time, same restaurant. Because his mom is a stalker. Ooh. My theory is that she's just super overprotective and that's like supposed to be, yeah, the reason he is the way that he is, even though he's Mm. really not that bad. Like he has healthy 
boundaries and understandings of like when things are too much. I feel we just wanted to be less normal. Yeah, we <laughs> wanted to be to make sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that we want him to be. I feel like it, we need him to be because he his issue is supposed to be the crux for the whole evolution of the movie. Oh, that's it. Whoop! There it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, sh- the mom starts talking about Lisa. So the beans are finally spilled. Polly knows that Ruben is married to Lisa, but still invites him to go on a date the next day. Wear comfortable shoes. Shows up, and it's a secret salsa club. There's this guy Javier there who takes Polly to dance. Because Ruben does not dance, and Polly and Javi are dancing sensually. Get that butt. So Ruben's like, hey, I'm going to bail because, you know, I'm not this kind of guy. And she says, what kind of guy are you? And he's like, well, I manage risk and I make a plan. I like you, but I don't think this is going to work out. Smash cut to them entering her apartment making out. (laughs) Didn't get it. Like, yeah, what? happened did that turn her on i don't know like i mean not a plan i don't need a plan i like plans yeah you would you would get turned on by like (laughs) your man coming in and like here's how we're going to disneyland (gasps) and here here is like a complete day by day breakdown of what we're doing hour by hour and i've made reservations yeah. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and here is a list of all the nearby bathrooms and vegan places. Yeah. Like, my job is done. <laughs> like, you've discovered the perfect man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I like having a base plan. I like that because it makes me feel good, but then I can bounce off of that with spontaneous moments. Yeah, you you like Ben Stiller's character as it stands, which is healthy. Yeah. It's healthy. It's very healthy to have that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm just like, whatever. When the shit, because the shit is always going to hit the fan. Like, I always believe that. When it does, whatever. I'll be angry about certain, if it's the blues, I'll be angry. But well, That's true. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that there's like something healthy about having a plan, but also being able to be flexible. I think that that is also what plays into a lot of the romantic comedies that we watch because mm-hmm. it was also a big theme in Under the Tuscan Sun. Right, yeah, where she was so hyper-focused on the plan mm-hmm. that she didn't allow herself to, as they also learn in this movie, enjoy the ride. Yeah, and I think that's a, it's it's kind of like a really interesting reoccurring theme because there is something really uniquely human about about that experience to me who you grew you grew up feeling like okay well here's all the school plans here's like here's the path that you have to take mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then you become an adult and it's like where's my plan I hated that I hated yeah. that so much <laughs> like what 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 do I do now and like mm-hmm. you have no one to tell you Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, Ashley, I think it's time to break out into our brand new segment on our show. Yeah. What is it called? <laughs> we haven't named it yet, I don't think. Our unnamed cutaways bad film school. <laughs> Help us name. 
So right now we are going to talk, and this is going to be patron-exclusive content only. So if you want to hear the next segment, you'll want to head over to patreon.com slash cutawayspodcast. And this will be for patrons who are a dollar or more. I think so. Yeah. It's just a, it's like a, a little extra cherry on top. You're mm-hmm. not you're not required to to, no. to join our film school. But it is sure the cheapest film school you'll ever yep. attend. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, term that we are going to be discussing today is cutaway. Cutaway. Cool. Awesome. So we just did our very first segment for our patron only content of Cutaway's Bad Film School, so you can hear that. On patreon.com slash cutaways podcast. Do it. Now back to along came Polly. Okay, so they're in bed and he goes to a spank that booty. He he taps that ass. Immediately she's like, Did you just spank me? And he takes it back. He's like, No, 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 no. She liked it. She wasn't gonna chastise him, I think. Okay. Well, she should have been like, Well, next time do. <laughs> yeah, she should have. So then we get this kind of, did you find this weird, this POV? We're inside like Ben Stiller's head while he's having sex. Yeah, I didn't like this. Too close for comfort. It wasn't even that. It just wasn't like adding anything to the sex. Yeah, and it kind of didn't fit in with the rest of the movie. I feel like it was just kind of like a little callback to being inside like the heads of people with uh, what women want. Maybe a little oh, bit. Gross. How dare you bring up that name? Of the movies that we watched, it is that's the one where you're inside the heads of people the most. But yes, it did feel out of place. The The whole scene is extended. It yes. felt really long. Yeah, we normally don't get this much sex in a rom-com. No. But the whole time, it was him just awkwardly counting down to when he was going to allow himself to orgasm. <laughs> Delay it. Think of something unsexy. Think of something Yeah, else. but then think you start losing else. your boner. Yeah, that was what they're trying to do. They're trying to cool it off for a minute. Just like a little bit. Not trying to lose it completely. I, I don't know. As a woman, I don't understand. Well, as a woman, we can have orgasms all the live long day. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> That's not true. Not for me, at least. <laughs> Aww. Ah, uh, awkwardly moving on. We have another basketball scene with Sandy, and Ruben says, I might marry her. What? <laughs> Welcome to our new segment on the Planaways podcast where we bring back an old segment of Justine awkwardly teaching Ashley about sex. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I thought I taught you everything, young Padawan. <laughs> um, so he wants to marry her. Right away. It's been two weeks. Yes. But then we have this other scene with Polly and her friend, Missy Pyle. And her friend is calling it a pity bone. Like, you're not really into this guy. You just banged him because you felt bad. Because she just learned about the whole wife situation. Remember from the Mm -hmm, mom? mm -hmm. You felt bad. You threw him one. She's like, no, no, no. He's a decent guy. And I don't ever date decent guys. Mm Mm-hmm. Same. No, kidding. Super kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Can't say that on this podcast. Your ex-boyfriends listen. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Justine's ex-boyfriends. 
Hi, how you doing? So let's see that we're at Ruben's place. He shows Polly the place for his pillows and she's like, I don't get it. What's it for? Why you have 50 million pillows? So she takes a knife and stabs the fuck out of it. I connected with this scene. I know you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, do it. He's like, this isn't going to help anything. And he stabs and he's like, ooh, yeah, I like it. I don't stab pillows. I stab cake. I really like to stab cake. Stab cake, not people. (laughs) So like they're dating now, as it seems. Official, possibly, probably more official in Ruben's head. It's not yeah, it's never specifically stated that they're like exclusive. But uh so Ruben is at the club, the salsa club, he runs into Javier and says, Hey, you stay away from my lady, she's my lady now and Javi's like, Uh, yo, I'm super gay. And then Ruben's like, oh, okay, can you give me salsa lessons? Yeah, I thought that was funny. And I thought it was his salsa lessons were cute. They were cute. You're right. Like, that was where I felt like Ben Stiller was having, like, a lot of fun. We learned something weird about Polly. She has a children's book that she's authoring, and it's weirdly violent. I thought it was kind of cool. Like, talking. It is cool. Differently abled children. Was that the point of it? I don't think that was the point of it, but that's what I wanted it to be. So that's okay. what it became in my brain. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't think it was that progressive. <laughs> okay. But it should be. So Sure, totally. I feel like he would have been supportive of that, but it was something else. Never mind. I don't get the point of it, really. If it's him being like, I assess risk and we should never touch fireworks. And she's like, hey, I've got this children's book that shows what happens when you touch fireworks. And he's like, that's Morbin. She's like, it's the same thing that you do. That would have been a better scene. Yeah, I wrote it better. Bam. (laughs) Bam. (laughs) You're like Emerald. (laughs) Bam. Well, I am from that coast. (laughs) I fixed your scene. Bam. Bam. (laughs) So Leland, that guy that Ruben's trying to ensure. Mm-hmm. He invites Ruben to play racquetball. Ruben keeps bringing up like, you know, we're not going to be able to get you the insurance because of your hectic lifestyle. Leland's like, you know, you just don't really know me yet. So why don't you come get to know me on a boat in Nantucket? So at the bar later, Ruben tells Polly this and Polly's like, oh, I want to go too. And then he tells her the risk of eating mixed nuts at a bar because they gross. They are gross. And she was like, nah, dude, I'm going to eat these nuts because I live life on the edge. On the motherfucking edge. That's Jennifer Aniston right there. <laughs> so they go to the salsa place and then Ruben dances like an ass, but he's having fun with it. Mm-hmm. So she loves it. And uh, his teacher was very proud of him. Everybody very proud. V proud. V proud. You did it son (laughs) (laughs) my child my child of salsa it's like it's like drag mothers and drag daughters it's like salsa fathers and sons salsa babies that's what i have when i eat eat too many chips or friday chip party have a little salsa baby in my tum tum (laughs) i want a dance school to be named salsa babies now oh los angeles get on it get get the fuck on it Mm-hmm. So they go back to his place, and Lisa is there. <gasps> Scandal. Dun, dun, dun. She goes, I'm back. Like, yeah, we see that, bitch. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out. <laughs> She's like, who's this? And Ruben's like, this is Polly, my girlfriend. And Polly's like, I'm not, I don't like labels. <laughs> <laughs> 
She's like, I'm going to go. Why don't you guys chit chat? It's fine. I'll be out. I understand you're married. It's cool. Bye. Ruben, talk to your wife. So Lisa's like, I missed you. And Ruben's like, no. No. And Lisa's like, I'm ready to spend the rest of my life with you. No. No. You cheated. Don't you remember? What about Claude? Yeah, I'm in the cloud. All he did was talk about scuba. You live on an island now. That's what it is, man. But I don't even like scuba. I just wanted Deborah Messing to be funny. Because Deborah Messing yeah. can be funny. They didn't give her any lines. Nothing. Well, she didn't really do anything with the lines that they did give her, though. But that's probably, like, the direction, maybe, a little, too. I'm not, like, fully blaming her, but I'm also just like, Deborah, why? It's like she could have been anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't need to be Deborah Messing. It yeah. could have been any person. It was, like, just a waste. It was such a waste. <laughs> waste of talent. Yeah, so he, like, kicks her out. But then I had this thought. I was like, damn, if he's moving in one week, he's not packed at all. No, he wasn't. It was like anxiety for him. <laughs> you are moving, sir. Are you aware? Yeah. Why are you salsa clubbing every night? You have a two-bedroom apartment that you need to move out of. So he's going to pack and Lisa dropped off a present. She's being all like, remember our first date? She's trying to woo him, but he's, I don't think he was ever interested. Like, there was never, like, a risk of, like, ooh, he's going to take her back. But he was supposed to be. Like, that's the thing. It kept, like, being, like, oh, yeah, but he's supposed to want her back. There should be some tension here. And it's, like, no, "No, there is none. Because, I don't know, she doesn't exist. There's nothing we want from her. Well, and we've spent this entire movie with knowing, like, what she did. Like, and how hurt he was. Yeah. And I don't think she is the safe bet. No, but you didn't. he didn't need a program to tell him that. Ruben goes to Sandy's place to do calculated risk assessment. Machine says that Polly is a safer choice. Ruben wants to make sure that Polly's still going to Nantucket because he's like, great, I'm going to end up marrying Polly. That's my choice. She can stay home with the kids because she doesn't have a career. Like what? Mm. So they get on this boat. They're in a storm. Polly finds the risk assessment software and she sees all this data on her. And so like, while he wants to talk about their future, she's like, whoa, buddy, this is a fling. This is not future. Give me my ferret. And so this is where we learned because she starts spilling her guts that uh, her dad had a whole second family on the side when she was a child. So marriage doesn't mean anything. Right. She has no plan on ever getting married. And that's fine. And that he should just stick to his plan and stay with Lisa. She's all, she's team Lisa. Go to that. Yeah, she's like, marriage. Yeah, that's what you want. You want the plan? You want the thing? So does she? Do it. It's fine. We can hang out now. It's fine. It's fun. Whatevs. But if you're starting to expect this whole checklist from me, as Ashley put it so eloquently, it's not happening. (laughs) Ashley should have wrote this movie. <laughs> you can't check this box. That's what I want. I wanted that line so bad. Mm-hmm. It's been, yeah, it's been, miss, it missed some sassy lines. It did. It it's not a real rom-com. No sassy lines. Except for maybe C- Philip Seymour Hoffman, but he had nothing to do with it. Yeah. He was the sass factor. Speaking of, time for Jesus Christ Superstar. And he is going to play both Judas 
and Jesus. Yeah, which I was so sad we didn't get to see more of. I wanted more of the play. I feel like there was more. I mean, it's suspicious that this movie is exactly an hour and 30 minutes. Yes. I feel like they cut things to make that time exact. So who was invited to this musical? It was Ruben and his parents and his wife. Yep. <laughs> so they're all there. And then the play goes disastrous because Sandy wants to play every part. So he gets into his fist fight with Jesus. And then Ruben's dad is like, enough. Who has mm. His dad hasn't spoken a word this entire mm-hmm. movie, I don't think. Yeah. And now he's here to deliver the truth bomb to Sandy. Mm-hmm. With conveniently, you know, Ruben framed in, in, the, in the profile shot. Yeah. He says, you know, you did a thing. It was great. But you're always trying to repeat that thing. You are not better than anyone else. Yeah, enjoy the effing ride. And so, like, Ruben's like, hey, Lisa, why don't you F off? Yeah! Bye-bye. Bye-bye, bitch. Where are my divorce papers at? <laughs> it's almost like he just purposely didn't get a divorce just to fuck with her. It seems like it. She's, he's, he's like, I'm sorry I invited you. Yeah, in reality, I'm sorry I invited you here. I really have no intention of getting back together with you. Bye. Oh, also at the same time. Everything happening at the same time mm-hmm. trope. Polly is uh, leaving town in two hours. We learned that from Javi. And also there's the insurance meeting got moved up to right now. Uh, the meeting about Leland. <laughs> Ruben has a choice. Go to Polly or go to work. He sends Sandy to work and goes to Polly. Right. Because Sandy is a great actor. <laughs> I thought this was going to be a stereotypical airport scene. Oh, me too. And then it wasn't. Then it wasn't. How could she forget her ferret? I don't know. I feel like it was the thing. She had too many bags. She put the ferret down for a second, loaded her bags in. Yeah. And then forgot she put the ferret down. If that was Xander, I would not have forgotten him. No, no, never forget. But yeah, so she had forgotten her ferret. Reuben finds the ferret. Meanwhile, Sandy is making the argument to ensure Leland. Leland. He does a dramatic speech, as you mentioned. So he's granted that, and then Polly comes back to find the ferret and finds Reuben holding the ferret. And so he says he wants her and says that he's not the no-risk guy that she thinks he is and then eats dirty nuts off the ground. I didn't understand (laughs) this. Because he wouldn't eat the nuts before. But you don't eat the nuts off of the ground in New York City. Even the homeless man was like, don't eat those. (laughs) (laughs) he said i in the past few weeks have been able to have loads of ibs go salsa dancing do all these things go on a boat whatever and i wouldn't have been able to do that if i wasn't in love with you and now i'm gonna go die of diarrhea yeah she says i'm not gonna marry you and he's like that's okay i just want to take you to dinner and then they kiss And she says, can I pick? Yeah. And then cut to... St. Bart's. We see Cloud. He finds the couple. He says, oh, are you guys for scuba? And Ruben not mad at Cloud at all. Honestly, it's water under the bridge. It is, but I I feel like he got to the point where he said, thanks for everything, Cloud. It was poorly done. It would have been better if in the beginning Ben Stiller was way more kooky. 
and like all over the place trying to be like, oh, no, I'm not going to go. Because he says, oh, yeah, I'll go scuba, but my tummy hurts. Instead, if he would have been like, oh, no, I can't go to scuba diving because of the like, did you know, right. like the percentage of this and this and this. Exactly. And this? Like if that yes. would have happened. Yeah. I think this ending would f- would impact more. Mm-hmm. And then we get naked Ben Stiller, but the end. No, I feel like the movie that we're searching for is Finding Nemo. <laughs> it is. Ben Stiller being like, exactly as you said, I know the stats. You're going to get hurt doing this. Don't do this. Don't eat here. Like, don't, don't, don't. Yeah. And you find someone who is like, why are you so negative with the don'ts all the time? Live, man. And that balances each other out. Mm-hmm. That's what the movie intends to be. That's what it tells you it's going to be. But it isn't at all because we get too much of a normal character, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Watch Walter Mitty and Finding Nemo. Much better interpretations of this theme. Yeah. Then let's play a How's My Marketing. I'm looking at the poster. This movie came out January 16th, the month where movies go to die. Yep. <laughs> this is a terrible post. This is photoshopped really badly. It's awful also it looks like the same poster for when harry met sally yeah (laughs) it's trying to but it's really bad the new comedy from the co-writer of meet the parents tagline for the most cautious man on earth life is about to get interesting his life was already interesting why is this photoshop so bad i'm sorry i can't like they were not photographed together her arm was around somebody else or he was wearing something else. Like, no. Yeah, I feel like those aren't her arms. Her arms do look longer than what they should be. Yeah, and then they photoshopped the ferret in there. And I honestly, I thought this movie was going to be worse based off of the marketing, based off this poster, based off the trailer. I was like, oh, it's going to be a gross out comedy. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, but it wasn't anything like super special. Mm-mm. So I say marketing bad. Very bad. Marketing bad. Thumbs down. All all down. You ready to rate this movie? I am going to rate this movie two and a half ferret sweaters. That's cute. That's cute. Ferret sweaters are like socks, though. <laughs> Without the end. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman gets like most of that. Gotcha. That makes more sense. I give this movie two decorative throw pillows. That you stab? Stab, stab, stab. Stabby stab. Stab. All the stab. Meh. Whatevs. Whatevs. We watched it. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It definitely, there were no expectations, so it didn't meet any said expectations, but it also didn't kill me. It wasn't Geely. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you're doing, like, a Philip Seymour Hoffman retrospective where you want to watch all of his movies, go for it. Yeah, do it. It's not gonna, you're not gonna feel bad. You're not gonna feel too bad after. Then go watch Capote and be like, oh, yeah, he is, he's an Oscar winner. Cool. Okay, so moving on from that, we have a mailbag today. Mail. We We have a review from Cassie from CritterCast. Critter. From Lady Pod Squad. I love the Mm -hmm. name, CritterCast. CritterCast. They talk about critters. She gave us a five-star review on iTunes called Insightful and Fun. And it reads as this. The Cutaways podcast is such a terrific listen. Justine and Ashley are super relatable in their love and critiques of rom-coms and are so knowledgeable about the film industry. It's like hanging out with your funniest friends who 
also happened to be doing an awesome behind the scenes doc. Seriously, listen, you'll thank me later. Oh. But we're thanking you now, Cassie. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that was cool. I like that. Everybody makes us sound so smart. And I'm just like, who are these people that they're listening to? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, uh, us? Are you sure? <laughs> like, um, okay. excuse me, ma'am, but this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we are in our pajamas. <laughs> excuse me, ma'am, this is a Wendy's. okay uh next time on the podcast i feel like ashley's gonna be excited again i am as she always is because i said we had to watch this one this one i loved this movie in high school (laughs) and i've never seen it we're watching 2004's a cinderella story with hillary duff hillary duff movie (laughs) here we go adorable i love this movie i this was not for your demographic you were you had aged out by the time this movie came out like this it was like peak it was right when i was like at my most vulnerable and most susceptible to teen rom-coms i was a baby baby girl i I'll, i'll look forward to it yeah anyway let's wrap this out wrap out as we mentioned earlier if you like this podcast, become a patron. It's the best way to support us. And you can hear our special little Cutaways Film School. Cutaways Bad Film School. Bad Ding. Film School. Trademark. Ding. Ding. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Cutaways Podcast. Our website is thecutaways.com. And you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Cutaways Podcast. We also have some new merch. We have a brand new t-shirt. It's called Too Cute to Genderfy. It's adorable. Please do check it out because, darlings, you are all so cute and gender is a social construct. It's fluid, guys. We are in multiple places like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Pod, Bean, Bean, Overcast, anywhere, everywhere. All those links are on our website as well. And please leave us comments, rate us, and subscribe to us because that helps other people find us. And the best way to help other people find us is to tell them about us. So tell your best friend. You have a best friend. I know you do. You're thinking about them right now. Tell them about the Cutaways podcast because I think they would like it. Hey, Justine. Yeah. Have you heard about the Cutaways podcast? Oh my God, it's the best. It's my favorite <laughs> podcast. Did you know we make it? We make it. We have so much to talk about. I mean, like, <laughs> did you hear in this episode? Like, Ashley was so funny. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was just awkward as fuck. <laughs> well, we got to go now. We got to go cook something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you got to go do your other podcast. I got to go actually immediately have to podcast right after this podcast. Yep. <laughs> it's my life now. <laughs> Bam! Podcast! Bam! Bam. Podcast! (laughs) Well, thank you for joining me, Ashley. It's been a pleasure, as always. Thank you. Thank you, the rest of you, for joining us in the Blanket Fort. Bye! Bye! Ben Stiller? (laughs) Hey, everybody. This is Tarolyn Keel, host of the Beyond Six Seconds podcast. This podcast goes beyond the six-second first impression to share the extraordinary stories of everyday people who are making the world a better place. Every week, I interview people who are starting their own businesses, volunteering in their communities, or working with exciting new technologies to advance our world. 
If you're looking for honest, real stories about how people just like you and me overcome challenges to achieve great things in their lives, then you'll love this podcast. You can find it at www.beyond6seconds.com and on your favorite podcast player.